Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and spring robins on the lookout for those juicy worms. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock and it's time for Tea with BVP. Hey everyone, I'm your host, BVP, a.k.a. Bill Van Patten, international superstar and your diva of SLA. You like that, Walter, <laughs> don't you? Walter loves he looks me at me like, you're a diva. Because I do that on because you always give me a hard time about being a diva. <laughs> you call me a self-proclaimed diva, but I am not self-proclaimed. I'm just proclaimed. I think Luca came up with that self-proclaimed, but I like it. It's true. <laughs> well, here we are live from the second floor of Wells Hall at Michigan State University in beautiful but not sunny today, East Lansing. I am so depressed about this weather. I hate gray, cloudy, rainy days, but we'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Rainy. So. With me, of course, as you know, you've heard their voices already, are Walter Hopkins and Angelica Kramer. Angelica, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Walter. Hello, everybody. Yay, 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 yay. Well, it's been, it's been an interesting week. Ask me where I was this week. Ask me where I went on Monday, where I was. Where did you go on Monday, Phil? Yeah, where were you on Monday? I was in Buckeye country. Oh. Why? I, what the heck is a Buckeye, by the way? I was in Ohio. I was at Ohio State giving a talk, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but what, what is a Buckeye? You know, this sound like some horse. It to me at one point. I can't remember what it is. It sounds though, like actually. some bronco kicks you in the face. And you go, "Oh my god, I got a buckeye now!" You know, you're like there, like big black eye <laughs> or something. You know, from, with a big horse hoof print on your face. I got a buckeye. No, I don't know what a buckeye is. Look it what? up, Walter. Look it up on the internet. But I don't know what buckeye candy? means. I don't, that's I, the, the 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 buckeyes, right? That's yeah. that's what you what you eat the the peanut butter with chocolate deliciousness. Uh, maybe I, like I don't know, but it was fun. I gave a great talk. Well, I I thought I gave a great talk, but I mean it was a great talk in the sense that <laughs> it was a fun audience and it was a good time. <clears throat> and I let okay. What's a a buckeye buck- is a breed of chicken originating in the U.S. state of Ohio. Created in the late 19th century. This is, I'm so the, uh, crediting it, Wikipedia here. So they're the chickens. <laughs> you're trying to, the Ohio, they're a bunch of chickens? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I was in Ohio. Created <laughs> in the late 19th century, Buckeyes are the only American Poultry Association standard breed of chicken known to have been created by a woman and the only one in the American class to have a pea comb. Whatever that means. <laughs> uh, that's, a one, that's a one little thing on top of it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. Go. All right. Well, no offense to you Ohioans, but that's kind of a weird a buck. I thought it was like something. Buckeye, buckeye sounds like, like the brawny guy with big muscles, you know, but. But people oh well. on Mixler all agree it's a nut. It's not a chicken, or it's the the peanut butter chocolate treat that I was talking about. Well, it is also a peanut butter chocolate treat. Yes. Well, but it doesn't say anything about that being a nut. That's nutty. <laughs> Let's not talk about nuts. Walter and I will start talking about work. We don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But let me tell you. Let me tell you. I had the best time at OSU. I love the people at OSU. They got some great second language people there. Um, The audience was great. The crowd was great. I have to tell you about the room I spoke in at the union. You know what the name of the room was? Buckeye. No, 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 no. (laughs) Chicken. No, 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 no. Rock, 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 rock. Van Patten. Exactly. Arena. (laughs) No, no. Ready for for this? It was the Barbie Toodles room. Barbie. Toodles. There was this woman. There was this woman who worked for. She was. She got her undergraduate degree at at Ohio State, and then wound up working for the university for like thirty years. Huh. Retired young. Um, she's doing something uh, independent now, and they named a room after her. Her name was Barbie Toodles. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? Now I thought to myself, I got, I want a room named after me somewhere. You think they'd name a room after me? No, I don't want a room. I want a building named after me. There you go. No, actually, no. I want a city. I want a. Oh wow! Okay, I want now a we're city talking. named after Van me. Van Pattonville. No, no, no. I want. I want a city like. Divaton. <laughs> <laughs> I bet or, that already exists. Or, don't you or, think? or Divasburg. 
Don't you, what do you think? Divasburg or Deventon? Wow. Okay, you people out there, tweet in or, or email in and you vote whether you want a town after me called Deventon or Divasburg. Which sounds better to you? You let us know. We'll vote on that. <laughs> but wouldn't that be cool to have wow. something named after you like that? I, I think that would be cool. Well, Grant says on Mixler, why stop at a city? Go big or go home. Big or go home. Okay. What? So what country? United States of Divas? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't I that's too much pressure. That's too much pressure to have a you know, to have a whole country. Diva Landia. Diva Landia, really. That <laughs> could you imagine if we had Sounds an like amusement, a ride at, amusement uh, park yeah. called Diva Landia? <laughs> Can you imagine the rides? See, come on, you'd have to sponsor something like that. I, in, my, in my comedy act, I used to have this bit about my my love life being like a roller coaster ride. You know, so many ups and downs, ups and downs. And I, I like do this it. this little girl going, "Mommy, mommy, mommy, can we please go on the Bill Van Pan Rocky relationship ride? It's so scary." <laughs> no, darling. Remember what happened? We went on the Jennifer Lopez ride. You threw up on the Ben Affleck turn. Anyway, okay. <laughs> oh, my word. Yep, Let's yep, shake yep, our yep. heads here, yeah. Angelica. Oh, no. You laughed anyway. You thought it was funny. Better than a chicken. Bark, 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 bark. I went to Ohio. Bark, bark, bark. Just kidding, Ohio. I really did. I loved, I really did love my stay at OSU. The people are great. They really treated me well, so it was nice. It really was a good stuff. Okay, um, I have uh, a couple of announcements before we get going. Um, remember, everybody, that we had such a strong, positive reaction to that one show where we let everybody just call in whatever they want, that we're doing that on the first Thursday of every month. So not this coming Thursday, because that's the last Thursday of the month, but the next Thursday after that, which would be April the 4th, something like mm, that. Probably like the 6th, maybe. No, I don't know. Oh, yeah, 6, whatever it is. Yeah, April 4th, 5th, 6th. It's not six, yeah, something like that. That Thursday will be your freebie calling, whatever you want show. There will be no. We're going to skip a principal that week and uh, and then let you call in whatever you want. It's actually the 7th. Thank God. We all have this computers is, in front of us. None of uh, us can look up the calendar. April okay. 7th. <laughs> and uh, the other announcement I have is um, that if you go to our website, teawithbvp.com, on our resource page, uh, some people are asking about discourse scrambles. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That actually kind of ties in a little bit to what we're going to talk about today. Not really, but a little bit. Um, uh, people were asking about discourse scrambles and were saying, can you give us examples and so on. So I went ahead um, with uh, Jeff Maloney has a first name. Um, and we put up uh, 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 some examples of discourse scrambles we use here in Spanish with a little intro, a little lead, and explains a little bit about what they are and how you make them. And then we have examples from the first semester, the second semester, and third semester in Spanish. And they're fairly easy. You can see you don't have to read Spanish to know how they work. Um, but you can see how we use discourse scrambles. And uh, if anybody wants to ask us more about those, we'll be happy to talk about those on the air sometime. Um, but So those are up on our resource site at teawithbbb.com. So take a gander or take a buckeye. <laughs> take a buckeye. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I can't believe. Is that really a chicken, Walter? Were you reading? Well, that's what, according to Wikipedia, yes. So. Oh, you well, believe you everything you read on Wikipedia? No have you ever seen my Wikipedia page? You have a Wikipedia I have seen your Wikipedia page. It says the diva of SLA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody out there. We This is our second week of principles of contemporary language teaching that should form the foundation of anyone's approach to the classroom or to curriculum. At least we hope. Last week, we kicked things off with language is too abstract and complex to be taught or learned explicitly, a.k.a. we call that language is not regular subject matter. This week, our principle we're going to touch on is if you want to teach communicatively, you better have a definition of communication. If you want to get in on the conversation, give us a call at 
5178844321. Again, that's what number, Angelica? 5178844321. Yes. And our handy dandy Dustin DeFelice is actually handling the technology today. So, our trusty and valid and lovely intern, she is lovely in every sense of the word, internally and externally. She's got a lovely personality and she's intern. lovely on the outside. Um, <laughs> Emma Dunn. Emma Dunn will be fielding your calls. So call into Emma uh, at 517-884-4321. You can tweet us if you want. Um, Angelica is looking at Mixler if you're on there. But we really want you to call. Please call us. We want you to call. And don't forget our quizzes. Uh, we always have two quizzes now. We have the SLA Challenge Quiz for those of you who want uh, uh, to uh, um, stretch your knowledge about second language acquisition. Uh, this week, of course, because our topic is communication, all the SLA challenge quiz has to do with, guess what, Walter? Buckeyes. Maybe communication. There <laughs> you go. Walter gets a prize. Okay, he guessed oh, it. Oh, man. And if you don't want to do the SLA challenge quiz, you can do the Diva challenge quiz, and they're themed now. Last week it was about share. This week it's all about my favorite diva, my role model, the person I aspire to be. Bet Midler. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Okay, so call in and tell uh, Emma what you want if you want to do the SLA Challenge Quiz uh, or the Diva Challenge Quiz. And they're not too hard. I actually have backed up a little bit on, on making them too hard for you. So um, call on in. we got questions for He's you. He's lowering his standards. I'm not lowering my standards. <laughs> Don't say that about our audience. Are you, you just called our audience dumb, Walter. No, you're the one who lowered the standards. I, what am I calling it that? <laughs> I didn't. I just, you know, I said I backed off because I was making them too hard because I'm mm. too demanding. Too manding, too proud. That's a bit Midler song. Okay. All right. <laughs> of course it is. Is that on the Diva Challenge quiz? Uh, no, it's not on the Diva Challenge. Did you give away an answer? No, I did not. Do you want me to do you want me to make one up and put it on there? But a, that would be too specific. See that? See that would be a hard. That would be a PhD Diva mm. Diva quiz. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, this rain! I can just feel it. Even though we're in the studio, I can just I just know I'm gonna walk outside. It's gonna be gray and rainy. What is it about gray, rainy days that make me? Does it make, do they make it like that? Oh, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you need blue skies, the sun. I know, right? Yeah. Right? What the heck are we doing? At least it's not snowing. We had Very a uh, we had a major, a, what do you call it, um, conference uh, call yesterday. Those of us working on this grant for teacher retention that Pete Swanson, the president of ACTFL, is running out of, um, out of his home institution in Georgia, Georgia State. And so that we have these biweekly, monthly, whatever you want to call them, conference calls on Skype, and there's usually six or seven of us on this grant that are talking. And uh, what was the point of this? God. Weather. Damn that snow, Prozac. Snow. Oh, yeah. And so somebody w is, was uh, I um, calling in from Nebraska and somebody else from Cor Colorado. And the Colorado Coloradans yesterday were getting hit with the blizzard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they said, Bill, have you gotten it yet? I go, no, we're not going to get any snow this week at all. Maybe a little bit of rain. <laughs> yeah, my brother posted a picture on Facebook. He says, 70 degrees yesterday and today. Wow. And it was like this much snow, probably two feet of snow on top That's of crazy. his car that he had to... Uh, Shovel out. Well, I have two words for their brother. They're not thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay. Remember, so our topic today is about communication. If you are going to teach communicatively, you want to have a definition of communication, call us at 517-884-4321. Should I talk a little bit about that, Walter? I yes. think so. Or should I just? No. Talk please. A bit? Enlighten us. Enlighten, enlighten. What am I, the Buddha? The Buddha. I'm the, the diva Buddha. of SLA, not the, the Buddha, Buddha of SLA. <laughs> Although if I gain any more weight, no. Actually, I've lost. Did you notice I lost 10 pounds this month since my birthday? 
I had to go paleo for, for health reasons, huh. and I lost 10 pounds. Wow. But you know what the problem is? Paleo. I have gained and lost the same 10 pounds so many times. My stomach and ass suffer from deja vu. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's just terrible. Uh, anyway. Okay, so we're going to go with the topic. Walter's over here laughing, trying. Laugh out loud, Walter. I'm not laughing. I'm shaking my head. Well, then why are you smiling and laughing? coming out like a laugh. Okay. Okay, so if you want to teach communicatively, you better have a definition of communication. But before we actually talk about what communication is, or before I venture a definition for everybody, let's first talk about why we even need one. Why do I say you better have one? So let me ask a question. Angelica, Walter, if you say you teach communicatively, how do you know? That's a rhetorical question, so don't answer it. So if you say you teach communicatively, how do you know? What are the criteria that you use to say that you teach communicatively, that your activities and your curriculum are communicative? Because the profession is so wrapped up with the idea of being quote-unquote language teachers, we often ignore that our goal is not language, but communicative ability. They are not the same thing. Language and communication are not the same thing. And what happens, as we talked about last week, is we turn language into subject matter and we give communication short shrift. And part of the reason we do this is we have, very often, no working definite communication by which to assess and judge ourselves to say we're teaching communicatively. So what's a good working definition of communication? Well, I'm going to give you the one that Jim Lee and I've used. That's not even our own. We actually uh, got this from Sandy Savignon and um, have extrapolated this um, um, in, in certain directions. Um, so the, here's the definition that we work with. Communication is the expression, interpretation, and very often negotiation of meaning in a given context. What's also important is that communication has a purpose. We don't communicate just to communicate. We communicate for a reason. So expression, interpretation, negotiation of meaning in a given context, and with a purpose. Okay, so we could deconstruct this, and, and while we're waiting for, I think we've got a call coming here in a minute. Um, let's just remind ourselves, expression is very easy to talk about. That's, that's either speaking or writing, right? Interpretation is listening or understanding what someone's saying to you. That is a very important part of communication. Most people think communication is just making people speak. But unless there's somebody listening to you, interpreting your message, your meaning, there's no communication. And then there's often negotiation because you don't always understand what somebody says. And maybe you're not paying attention. Right, Walter? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. See? So I'm not <laughs> paying attention. I'm, see, I'm going to make Walter negotiate with me to make sure he's paying attention to my meaning. Um, but really important in this definition is the concept of context. If, if I were to ask you what context means, what would you guys say context is? When I say expression, interpretation of meaning in a given context, what does context mean to you? It means the... Well, context is kind of where you are or the, the set, your setting, basically. Yeah, yeah. the topic and yeah. the people. It's and exactly. It's the setting and the participants. It's the physical space and it's the people, okay? Because those things have tremendous, if not absolute, influence on what you talk about, how you talk about it, and what the purpose is. Again, there's no communication without purpose. And Jim and I have also talked over the years about two major purposes for communication. One is psychosocial and the other is cognitive informational. And when we use language to communicate on an everyday basis, we're engaged in one of those two purposes. Psychosocial is to maintain, establish relationships. So I say Walter in the hallway and I go, hey Walter, how's it going? He goes, fine, how are you doing? Fine, and we keep walking down the hallway. If I don't do that to Walter, he thinks I'm rude. Even though I don't really 
I don't really care. I mean, he may be having the worst day. Maybe his wife yelled at him. Maybe one of his kids ran into a wall and got a bloody nose. Who knows? But he just says, I'm fine. Because you do that out of courtesy. That's part of that psychosocial use of language for communication. Cognitive information, when you actually use language, to get information. So if I ask Walter, hey, Walter, this student here that I got this letter from, do you know who the student is? Walter goes, oh, yeah. That's a student who came to make a complaint about X. Well, what was the complaint? Now we're using communication I need to, to actually get information about the student. I have a purpose in mind because I need to accomplish something. And so, and so uh, because of the nature of classrooms with fixed participants, teachers and students who never change, that has a tremendous influence on what you can communicate about and how you communicate and what your purpose of communication is. Okay, so those things are all, all really important and impact on what we do in classrooms. And just for you out there wondering, I'm going to say it right now and get out of the way, pair work, by definition, is not communication. If I put Angelica and a Walter in a, in, a, in a pair and have them do something, does not, by definition, mean they're communicating. Because why are they communicating? What's the purpose of them communicating? What's the outcome of their communicating? What's the meaning they're communicating? I have to have a working definition of communication in order to judge that pair work activity. Okay, and we, I'm sure I'll get callers in and we'll, we'll stretch that out and we'll talk about that as we go on. Okay, so um, well, let's see what we have. I know that we have already, before we even take any callers, do we have, uh, do we have a caller on the phone already? Um, we, I think we have Grant. Do we have Grant on the phone? Grant, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Grant! Hey, Grant, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm on spring break, so I actually get to listen to the beginning of the show. It's fabulous. Well, good for you. By That's the way, I love news. your I love your picture on the fifty dollar bill. You look really handsome there with that beard of yours. Thank oh no, you. that's you a know, different grant. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It, it, it is a grant, you know, Bill. That's that's how I used to clarify over the telephone uh, how you know my name because people would com uh, confuse it with Brant with a B, and mm -hmm. I would say Grant as in Ulysses S. But ah, now there, there aren't many people who um, who catch that reference. So so if I, I ask you who's buried in Grant's tomb, you'll go, not me. Not yet. <laughs> okay. But I'll you know, me, but not yet. But you know who this Grant is. I'm not supposed to know. I, I think I know who it is, but I'm not, I, ask, I have to not know last names when I'm doing the show. Well, no, 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 no. But he is our Central States Conference Teacher of the Year. Well, now we all know who he is because we can look that up. Hey, Grant, congratulations. <laughs> thank you, Bill, and thank you, Angelica, and thank you, Walter. And I'm wearing my tiara right now. Oh, nice. great. Thank you. Well, we did a shout-out to you last week for, for um, that wonderful award of yours. So and That means you're in the running for the Actful Teacher of the Year. Is that not the case? It does. It means I'm one of the five uh, national finalists. That's which great. Is absolutely fabulous. Well, you got my vote, Grant. Beard and all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you calling about, Grant? What's up? Well, I'm calling about communication. I want to talk about that. Well, the, you're on tea with BBP, so talk. <laughs> Communicate um, to me. I wanna, Communicate to me, so, Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, um, I, I was, I unfortunately did not uh, catch last week's show, but I heard you uh, as I was waiting. Talk about um, language uh, versus communication, yes. and that they're not the same thing. Correct. And that really speaks to me as a, a novice level teacher, right? Because I get these kids who are 13 years old and they've never taken a second language and they don't know anything except taco, burrito, and Dora. And I really approach. Come on, Bombinos, um, everybody, let's go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's it. That's it, Walter. Have you been watching that lately? Not lately, actually. 
Grant, please continue. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I like to think so. I like to think of what I'm doing as um, teaching them to communicate before they can actually speak, right? Um, and as you mentioned, that they're not the same thing. As Sandra Savignon has also talked about, communicative competence is not uh, the same thing as linguistic competence. And so I like to think about how to set up my classroom in a way in which we can communicate with with one another, where I, as the proficient speaker of the language, am the main communication partner for um, for most things, and where they, as the ones who are learning, are working on um, learning how to prepare themselves to interact with the speaker, uh, learning how to s- sustain the flow of the target language uh, with language that they can or without language, right? With mm-hmm. Even with, um, you know, I, I like to, le- I, I ask them to show me when they're understanding and to show me when they're not. And that's really their principal role. And they can do that non-verbally initially, mm-hmm. even with so much as an eyebrow furl, sure. right? So, so, um, so talking a little bit about how to, so how, what are your suggestions? And I have my own ideas, but what are your suggestions about how to take something like an eyebrow furrow and turn it into a grade? How do you take an eyebrow furrow? Why would you want to? You missed well, the show. Where, you want, missed the show I, where we talked about getting rid of grades. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm on board with that, right? But the system that I work within is not yet. So, and I'm work, I'm pushing, I'm working on it, but, um, but so, so I'll just share with you what, what I do, what I've done. So I've, we've created, um, a rubric for interpersonal communication. So whenever we're in, in sort of extemporaneous, sus, um, sustained communication, whatever the purpose, whatever the, uh, purpose may be, their job is to keep their eyes on the speaker uh, respond to statements and questions in a way that demonstrates either comprehension or lack of comprehension, and keep the flow of language going. Okay, can um, we just back up a minute? I'm going to rephrase sure. what you just said, couched in that definition of communication I started with, because again, if you're saying you teach communicatively, you have to have a definition of communication. So, sure. And and I'm not saying you're not. You are. Um, but I'm just going to rephrase what you said. So, if communication is the expression, interpretation, negotiation of meaning. In, in a given context, in this particular case, mm-hmm. your classroom, then that right. means that Grant's job, particularly for novice learners, he's, he's going to do more of the expression of meaning. And it's his students' job to be active interpreters of meaning. Of meaning. That's, that's the kind of communication that's going to happen for a fairly long period of time. And so, and so that's one way we look at the, how an input-oriented classroom in the early stages is considered communicative. If, if there's actual meaning involved and there's a purpose to what you're doing, I don't have a purpose. Now the purpose is not to learn language. The purpose is the communication of particular information for a given reason. Mm-hmm. Then, then you're communicating, and, and one person has one job and one person has another job. One is expressing and one is interpreting. And then when students don't understand and you get that wrinkled look on their face or you get a hand raised, you enter in a negotiation of meaning because they're telling you, Hey, I didn't get what you just said. Okay, so I, I'm just recouching what you said into our definition of communication, so people out there who are listening can understand why I'm harping on this definition, how we use it to evaluate what we do. Okay, go, keep going. Right. No, I just that, that's that's a fabulous uh, recast. I think recasts are valuable in that context. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, so to continue that, the topics that we talk about 
are almost irrelevant um, to the process of acquiring the language as long as the students are um, focused and, and, and interested and interpreting, actively interpreting the language that, that, is, that is being delivered back and forth. Um, well, see, that, there's, where, there's, there's one place where I might differ with you, Grant, and I'm going to push you on this and see what you think, and this is for everybody else out Good. there too. When you say the topic is almost irrelevant, I would say no. The topic is crucial. It's part of the context and part of the purpose of communication. So if, if we're talking just to talk or communicating just to communicate, then there's no real purpose what to do. We're just playing a game. That might work. It might not work. Communication really only exists if you're communicating for a reason. So what's the informational outcome? What am I going to learn about the world, me, myself, you, through this interaction? Okay, what am I going right. to learn about ourselves? So let me give you an example. And, and I'm not saying that you're going to do this because your context is different from the context that Walter and I work in the Spanish program here. But we might have an activity in class where the outcome is not we're going to use the present tense or we're going to learn reflexive verbs because we just don't do that here. But the outcome is going to be at the end of activity, you're going to be able to rate yourself and your partner on a scale of zero to five about who's more organized and who's less organized. And then they don't know we're going to do something else with that afterwards. But that has a purpose, you see. So when I interact with Walter in a class, the, the prayer work I do, the things I have to ask him is because I'm going to have to rate him. You see what I'm saying? And then, and then the whole class, we're going to use that information for a bigger thing after that. And so the whole idea is that we're using Spanish in the classroom to find, about, out, find out about each other and the world around us in particular ways um, for an informational outcome that's not language, but actual information about people in the world. And so what I would argue is that it, to the extent that, that you can think about your classrooms as having some kind of outcome that's not language, but informational, like today we're going to learn about X. And by the end of class, you're going to learn, you're going to know these 10 things. Mm -hmm. Then that provides a purpose for communicating in the class that hour. So that's the only challenge I would give to you to think about. I'm not saying you're, you're not doing well because a lot of things, and that doesn't mean that every single hour has to be like that, Grant. It just means that if we don't have that lurking in the back of our minds, we, we're going to constantly fall in that trap of finding the latest game to play in class. Or that somebody goes to a workshop and has 10 ways to make your students talk in class. And, you know, and who knows? <laughs> and we're, all we're doing is practicing language. We're not actually communicating. And I want to get people away from practicing language to communicating. Okay, so again, I'm not talking about you, Grant. I'm talking more to general audience out there. I want to make sure people walk away with, with that idea. So there, I've said my piece. Amen. Oh, we're talking about big business, right, Walter? Amen, I said my piece, <laughs> as Lily Tomlin would say. Th thank you for, cl for clarifying that. I think that it was just, a, um, in this particular case, a lack of precision in the language that I chose. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, and, 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 and maybe it was, but again, I don't want the audience out there that says, yeah, Bill Van Pan says you can talk about anything, topics are relevant. I don't think topic is irrelevant. And topic is also relevant for age group, too. So, you know. Um, right. So. Uh, yeah, we talk, we talk a lot about, um, about Justin Bieber. <laughs> 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 what age level are you teaching, Grant? I have 13 and 14-year-olds. Well, there you go. <sighs> Uh, is it a right. girls' school or <laughs> oh boy, yeah, or right. boys' school? Who knows? <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, I still have kids. I, I still have uh, classes where the uh, demographic is is mostly boys. Um, you know, as you look at uh, the levels as they articulate up into the 
as they excuse me matriculate up into the upper levels then then the tides turn and we have uh we tend to have mostly females in the upper levels but mostly boys and so uh but you know the the first trimester um bill we spend the first trimester really just getting to know one another and so mm-hmm. the the topic um you know the topics will be similar to what you might find in the table of contents of a textbook but it's all um it's all it's all delivered in the in the context of of the children who are in front of you in that moment and right and and who they are and who their family is and one of the things that I really um, like best about teaching this way and I haven't always done this uh, haven't always taught this way is that since communication is sort of our goal uh, their job is to maintain the flow of language which means that I give them permission to suspend reality when they're with me. So if they want to have, you know, 23 brothers or sisters, when in, in reality they have three, that's perfectly fine. Um, and it makes for a lot more interesting discussion and conversation when, you, when you're able to pull in kids who are shyer or kids who have a more active imagination and allow them to play with the language uh, in the context of that, um, that communication. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. All right. Okay. There you go. I've said my piece, too. So thank you very much for having me on. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Well, thanks, Grant. You're doing a fantastic job, too. So back at you. I'm trying. Okay. Thanks for calling, Grant. When, when, will we see, when will we see you next? Actful, for uh, sure. You will, I, I will see you next in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the International Forum on Language Teaching. Yay, yay, yay. Yeah, Steve Crash and I will be there. That'll be great. It'll be fun. All right. I'll take you out for a drink. Over. I would love that. Okay. If I don't take you out for a drink first. Well, okay. You take me out for one drink, and I'll take you out for another drink. How's that? Right on. Sounds like a <laughs> We'll <plan>. be drinking <laughs> again. Bye, Grant. Bye, Grant. Thanks Bye-bye. a lot. Have a great day. Bye, Grant. Everyone. Thanks for calling. That was, a, that, was, that was really nice. Chit. That was a good conversation. Grant's, Grant's really on top of things. Good for him. Um, so I think we're going to move on to, uh, to a question from email. Right, Walter? Isn't we we are. I think there's a couple of good ones in there. We have a question a from Nina. And Nina says the following. There's I love a, that name, Nina. There's a bit of the, explanation. Nina the and the, the Santa question. Maria. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of explanation before the question. Here's what Nina says. Nina is from Denver, so she's probably dealing with all of that snow also. Ooh, she's shoveling stuff today. Yes. Um, Nina, if you're, if you're online because maybe you have a snow day, be sure to say hello to us on Mixler. Uh, Nina says, communication is viewed by my school and district administration as output. They come to my input-based class and give me low marks because they do not see collaboration between my students. They do not see students respond to complete sentences. They do not see what they consider rigor. Group work is considered by them the end-all of great learning, teaching and learning. Help, she says. How can we teach these output thinkers that getting all this input is rigorous education? What does communication look like and feel like in a totally input-based class to a non-language educator? So we'll stop there, and then there are a couple more questions that she has. So um, so why don't we pause there? You can answer those questions that I just asked, and then I'll – Sure, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll okay. Uh, this actually is a nice – this is a nice spinoff from, uh, from, from Grant um, because uh, what I was just telling Grant is that in, in those early stages – she's talking about her early stage classes, I'm sure, where she's providing a lot of input and working with input and so on. But um, 
the the um, the idea in the early stages of communication for novices is that they are in the interpretation mode. That's what their job is. So if the communication is expression of interpretation of meaning in the context of the classroom, the job of that novice learner is to interpret a lot of meaning because they can't express yet. So so Nina, that's that's Nina. That's one thing. That's one thing I would tell you is that um, is is tell people give them the definition of communication. Say, look, in the early stages, they can't express meaning, um, and then um, uh, you know that their job is to be interpreters of meaning, and 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 that's what we're working on. The second thing is um, you need to your colleagues need some basic information about how second language acquisition happens, both the acquisition of language and the acquisition of communication and skill development. And that's nothing that we can handle in the air, but they need some basic, basic um, stuff on that. Um, remind me, Luca, remind me, uh, Walter, let's put up on the resource site, this would be good for anybody else, a couple of really short things people can borrow and read and share with each other. Um, there's also the, the thing that we did that's on the CELTA site, that talk I gave at MyWala a couple years ago on the nature of acquisition. So just, you know, so people can look at those things in their spare time and in little spurts, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Um, because we can't help people if they're not informed. Um, and it, it's going to take too long to inform them in one or two minutes to answer on, on, on the show like this. So we'll put something online that, that Nina can refer to people to and so on. But we've got to educate people about the nature of language, the nature of acquisition, the nature of communication. So what else, Walter? All right. Are we ready for some more? Yeah. She says, uh, what are some gems of wisdom that I can use? Okay, so that, that actually you just kind of answered that. Gems of wisdom I can use when discussing this with, with administration and how do we train them to see communication differently? So you kind of actually addressed some of those things. Yeah. But. Tell her, okay, here's, I shouldn't do this. Do what? What shouldn't you do? Well, if you shouldn't do it, then maybe you shouldn't do Nina, it. Nina, Nina, Skype me in with your administrators. I'd be happy to talk to them along with you. How's that? Okay. I'll give him a 10 minute. I'll give him a 10 minute crash course on language acquisition communication. I'll help you out there. How's that? Okay. Let me know. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should just do some little five minute what do you call those? Sound bites. Sound bites mm-hmm. so that people can just pull and we just some, and then they can say, Here, listen to this, because that's about what people have these days. Administrators and teachers have about five or ten minutes at a time they can listen to things. Okay. All right. Um we have a call coming in, Walter, before we go back to, uh, I know there's stuff on Mixler and stuff too, but we have uh, Ryan. Ryan is calling from Texas, it looks like. Ryan, are you calling from Texas? Yes, I am calling from Texas. Hey, Ryan Tejano from Texas. How are you doing? Doing okay. How are you? I'm good. Is this a different Ryan that, that from what called last time, or is this the same Ryan? No, nope, it's the same one. It's just I'm not on spring break, so I'm actually calling during class time. Oh, my God, a nice. repeat caller. A repeat caller. Oh my God, we're gonna have to get you a punch yeah. card. Every time you call, we'll punch your card, and <laughs> after ten after ten calls, yeah. you get a piece of swag. How's that? that sounds good. So you're calling from your class? You, is your class there? Yeah, I, I am. Do you want them to tell you hello? Yeah, tell them tell them to say hi to us. Hi, class. Okay, there you go. Awesome. There they are. Oh, cool. Okay, hey class, how you doing? Is this a Spanish class, Ryan? Or what, what language is this? this? Yeah, this is Spanish one. Oh, I should say, when when I started this, I should say, when I started this class. Yeah. When I started this. I do have a student that does have a question. Okay, I'm ready for a student. Step up All to the right, mic. Step up to the phone, student. Huh? His name's River, so here he is. Hi. Is this River? Yes. I Hi, love River. that name, River. Thank you. I think it's great. Thank you. What's up? 
All right, I have a question like, how can I practice communicating when I don't have anyone to communicate with? Well, like it, at all. it depends on what you mean by communicating. Here's one way. Um, you're in Spanish one, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so you right now you don't have a lot of skills, and so you're going to be what's in called the interpretation level of communicating in the sense that you're going to spend a lot of time trying to understand what people are saying more than trying to talk yourself. Because remember, communication is expression and interpretation of meaning. Okay, So what you need to do is find avenues in which you can work on those interpretation skills. And lo and behold, what you'll find, Ryan, is over time, language will start to come out of you the more you interpret language, the more you pay attention to language. So to the uh, here's some things you could do uh, that will work on your skills in Spanish. Do you like music? Yes. What kind of music do you like? All kinds of music. All kinds of music. So well, there's all kinds of music in Spanish. And so your, your teacher could probably help you with this. And there's, I mean, find, find the kind of music you like the most in Spanish. And, you know, and download some songs and, and listen to them and, and try to memorize them. Not for the purpose of memorizing them, but are you a singer? Do you play guitar? Do you do anything? I play guitar. Well, there you go. There you go. So the purpose of doing this, you'll have a real purpose in doing this, is that you want to learn these songs so you can perform them. And, and you will be surprised how much you'll get by doing that. Um, other things could be things like um, finding a show on Univision or on, um, well, Univision is my favorite channel. And, and then sticking with it for a while and saying, how much can I understand? Because these people are interacting with each other. And you don't always have to interact yourself to learn interactional skills. You can learn a lot of interactional skills by watching them. Okay, So, so if you can find a show that you like and, and spend 10, 15 minutes every day of your spare time watching it and then rewatch that same part, watch that same part a couple of times. That will help you even more. Uh, those are just two examples I think you can do. You don't need, uh, I mean, ideally what you'd like is someone talking to you so that you can give signals, I don't understand this, I don't understand that, and you can interact, you can negotiate what the person's saying to you. Uh, but if you don't have that, the next best thing is to find things that are of interest to you and listen to them as much as possible and work with them. Uh, and that will push both your language and your skills along in communication. So it's pretty, especially at the beginning stages. So that's what I would recommend to you. Thank you very much. You're welcome, River. Anybody else from your class? Uh, does anybody else have a question? I think he was just the only one that was prepared. Awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. Everyone else gets a zero for the day. River, yeah. you get a 100. <laughs> River gets a 100 for participation. Everybody else gets a zero for participation. You got a 100. Everybody else got a zero. That's cool. <laughs> Thank you, Walter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There was one student that wanted to know how you were doing. How I was doing? Yeah. I guess all three of you. How are y'all doing? So I'm, de I'm depressed today, but that's another story. Well, no, but we're doing so much better now that Ryan's class has called in. Oh, well, look at the smile on my face. So I'm asking oh. my, my, you've given my depression an upturn, but when I'm done talking to you all, I'll probably get depressed again. You are the sunshine of my life right now. <laughs> Because it's cloudy and He just and has to here. sit here with the two of us in the studio. Oh, no. And he doesn't I like love that, you guys. So. You know I love you more than my <laughs> luggage. Come on. But we're doing well. Thank you very much. You all, you all are good down there in Texas? Um, yeah, we're pretty good. Thank you so much for asking. No, no tornadoes this week or anything like that? Um, not, not that we're aware of. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Because, you know, the weather's wacky this week. So be safe, you guys. Ryan, I owe you a phone call, right? Do what? I owe you a phone call. Oh, yes. Okay, we'll talk soon. I'll, I'll, um, I'll send you an email. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, Ryan. Thanks a lot. Bye, class. All right, yeah. Bye, guys. Adios. Thank you. Okay, we have another caller on the phone, it looks like. 
Um, we have somebody from. I don't think oh, no. quite yet. Not yet. Okay, we are. We have to. Do we have something from Twitter or email we want to answer before we take the next caller? Because we got. I think we got somebody who wants to do the SLA challenge. Yay! What's going on on What's going on on Mixler Twitter? Nobody's like yelling at me about my definition of communication. Well, people are discussing, but I haven't seen specific questions. How they can argue with me? I'm Mixler. just kidding. Nobody ever argues with me. They should. Wouldn't that maybe not argue? But they could challenge me or say something. But Walter, do you have anything? Sure. I have a question from Pina. Pina. P-I-N-A. Maybe there's a Pina. I don't know. Pina. 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 It rhymes with Nina. We got the Pina and the Nina. Yeah. All we need is a Santa Maria. <laughs> oh, it is Pina, actually. I see at the end. The, the, okay. the email itself, just you know, the, the actual name that shows up uh, as in, near the subject says Pina. But okay, let's go. It's only Pina. an hour show. Let's go. Okay, okay, okay. Here is a question from Pina, and it's a little bit of uh, inf- Pina. She says, I create materials for and have taught the youngest available language learners, two to six-year-olds. And I wonder if the model we use with teeny tiny humans might extend well to olders. Older, older, it says. So with young children, we don't worry about conjugating verbs or learning rules with charts about how to construct different verb forms. We just learn phrases that are material, sorry, that are meaning through from... Let's try that again. That are meaningful through meaningful use, naturally. So mostly kids will start with the yo and two forms in Spanish and then extend to work in the el, ella forms. Unlike many who teach young people, I don't focus on colors and numbers early on. We are all about useful phrases. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. I'm not hungry. Taught in question and answer pairs so they are communicating right away about stuff that they are compelled to say. Not pointing and labeling or reciting days of the week. We grow the language through use and relevance. How does this play into your discussion? I'll try to tune in to your awesome show. Thanks. Okay, Pena. I think I got that. Let me boil this down to a couple of issues here. First, there's absolutely no difference whether you're a child, a teenager, or adults. We all basically learn language the same way, and that's through input and interaction. So the idea that adults or teenagers need to conjugate verbs and memorize a verb list, that's just, we got to get rid of that, Pena. Come on. That, that, just get rid of that. So yes, what we do with children is the same thing we do with adults. That doesn't mean it looks the same because the way you talk to adults and talk to teenagers not the way you're going to talk to a five-year-old. Um, but, but the underlying process is the underlying idea is the same. Um, so that's first of all. Second of all, I caution you that, that um, you asked how this fits, what you're talking about fits in with our definition of communication and so on. Just remember that just because you put them in pairs and they're asking, are you hungry? No, I'm not hungry. Are thirsty? No, I'm not thirsty. doesn't mean they're communicating. That just means they're talking to each other. But that's not necessarily communication. So if I look at Walter and I go, Walter, what color shirt is that you have on? Well, you can see what color it is. I know, exactly. So why would I ask that question? <laughs> because it's not communication, because I already know the answer. So if I ask Walter, Walter, are you hungry? Yep. Are you thirsty? Yep. Are you afraid? Nope. Are you tired? Mm, yeah. Okay, I'm done with the activity. Why, why did I do that? Why did I do that with Walter? Okay, so, I mean, again, communication has to have a purpose. So... Yes, the idea of teaching phrases and having them interact, that's all good. And focusing on topics and themes, and that's all good. But remember, communication should have a purpose. We want to judge ourselves eventually by the purposefulness of the um, expression and interpretation of being in our classrooms. There. I'm done with that answer. Okay. I have a question on Mixler from Eric about forced output. Forcing students to express beyond what they may be developmentally ready for is still communicative by your definition. Is that correct? Doing what? So if you force your students to express 
beyond what they may be ready for developmentally. Is that still communicative by your definition? Um, it would be communicative, but I don't see how they're going to do. I mean, they're, how they're going to? Well, I mean, they'd have to use strategic competence to do it. But I would never put people in a situation where they're doing stuff beyond their competence. I mean, I wouldn't do that. But yeah. And so, for example, like if somebody asks me in French something that's beyond my ability, but I have to answer, I will do what I can to answer. Um, because sometimes that happens in real life too. I mean, we do that to little kids all the time. We ask little kids. So where's your truck? We don't ask them to say, my truck is over there. If they go, that, we know what they're saying if they're two years old. Right, Walter? And they point. And they point. Mm -hmm. So that's the level of ability they have. But the question, and I mean, so it depends on what you mean by their level of ability. Um, and don't forget, whenever you push people to talk beyond their level of ability, they're going to rely on strategies that may not be particularly conducive to communication. A lot of, I hear teachers say, oh, there's so much, my students, you know, L1 interference, blah, 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 so much L1 in the classroom. Well, that's because you ask them to do things, you know, it sounds like English when they're talking because you're asking them to do things beyond their level. Um, not, not, not comprehension-wise, but production-wise. So I would, never, I would never force students to do stuff they can't do. Um, all right, we have uh, AJ calling in from Florida, or is that Florida. It's Florida. Florida. <laughs> my good I'm friend from Jason. Here, not from up north. So I said my Florida. good friend Jason's from uh, from New York. He says Florida, or so does Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump. Says Florida, Florida, whatever he says. I don't know what he says. Anyway, so AJ, what's up? How's Florida? Don't tell me about your weather because it's rainy here and gray, and I don't want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. um, actually, well, it's about to start raining here. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, right. So I, we have that in common, but it's 81 degrees. Okay, here. well, I don't care about that either. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of hot and humid. So anyway, so. Um, so what are you up to today? What are you calling about? Welcome uh, to well, Tea with BBP. Well, it's my break, so I actually have a chance to call in and well, listen good for you. live, which is nice. Um, I have a question about communication. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll see if I have an so, answer. I have students um, kindergarten through eighth grade, and as they go through, especially like the seventh, eighth graders, um, they've been taking Spanish the whole time, um, and they're starting to get kind of frustrated that they can't do more. And my question is kind of about forcing output. I know it's not the most uh, advocated for thing that you guys advocate for. I can't believe I just said that. Ironic. right. We understand. Ironic is it when the topic is communication. Isn't that ironic, AJ? <laughs> yeah, I can't get anything out. Um, so they want to start doing more. And I've started to try to get them to do more uh, interpersonal things with each other rather than with me. But um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of having trouble because I know that forcing output is not always the best thing for them to be doing. So I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, you know, sometimes you just need to have frank discussions with your students about the nature of learning and the nature of acquisition and skill development. You just have to tell them. You know, it's like the kid who wants, you know, money before he's ready to know how to spend it or she's ready to know how to spend it. Saying, I can't give you $50. You don't know what to do, but here's five. You know, so, so you just have to tell them, this is how, this is how it works. And this, the, these are the constraints we work in. And, and, you, and you have to say it once, twice, ten times. You have to keep telling them. Uh, we are the worst at educating our colleagues and our students about language acquisition. And, and, and communication um, and because we just you know, we just expect people to trust us but sometimes because we're going against the grain of common knowledge or popular knowledge I wouldn't call it knowledge I should say popular belief or common belief 
then sometimes we have to undo that belief and we have to help people understand why it takes so long and what it really means and so on. So the only thing I can tell you, Jay, is, is to educate people. Educate your students. Talk to them about it. All right. And, um, and they'll just kind of start doing more as they get comfortable doing more? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Sure. Um, uh, I have a note here that says you're going to take the SLA Challenge Quiz. Is that correct? That is correct, and I'm super nervous. Oh, I'm don't be nervous. Excited. Okay. Just watch Mixler. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're I'm gonna, on it right now. We're going <laughs> to run you through this quick. I think there's somebody uh, calling in for the Diva Quiz after you, so we're going we're gonna to push you through this and see as quick as we can to see if we can uh, get you a prize. How's that? Awesome. Okay. Um, do you want to start with the easy question or the harder question? Um, let's go easy. Okay. So we'll start with the easy question. Start feeling confident first. Okay. Complete the sentence. If you claim to teach communicatively, you'd better have a definition of? Communication. Yay. Ding, 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 yay. Ding, yay. Somebody's paying attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yay. Okay. Here we go. How about this one? Um, which of the following, this is question number two, which of the following is an underlying component of communicative competence? Okay. Uh, as it's classically defined. A, gestural knowledge. B, sociopragmatic knowledge. C, geographic knowledge. D, fashion knowledge. <laughs> um, what were A and B? A was gestural knowledge, and B was sociopragmatic knowledge. Hmm. Read the question um, again, because I'm not sure I caught it. <laughs> the question is, which of the following is an underlying component of communicative competence? Because it consists of four components, Walter. Mm -hmm. um, gestural knowledge, sociopragmatic knowledge, geographic knowledge, or fashion knowledge? Um, I think B. I was leaning towards A, but now I'm thinking B. Sociopragmatic knowledge? Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Yeah. ding yes. Sociopragmatic knowledge is your knowledge of appropriateness in communication, what to say when, under what circumstances. For example, what, whether you say, screw you, or you say something else, right? <laughs> Depending on who you're talking to. Okay, so there you go. Okay, finally, question. So you've got yourself uh, uh, a coaster. Now you're going for the big, big, we're going to give you a choice here in a minute. Um, uh, last question. The notion of communicative competence first hit the language teaching scene in what year? A, 1972. B, 1982, C, 1992, D, 1492, when Columbus sailed the ocean <laughs> blue. And this is uh, communicative competence? Uh-huh. The notion of communicative comp competence first hit the language teaching scene in what year? 1972, um, 1982, or 1992? I'm going to say A, 1972. Ding, 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 ding. He Yay! gets the big prize. <laughs> awesome. Good for you. Well okay, done, here's your choice. Yeah, he gets his choice now. Um, would you like a full set of coasters, or would you like our fancy, all new? We have these new great tea with BVP tote bags that you can carry around that say Ooh, tea with BVP. Tea with BVP on one side, and it has the teacup on the other. You want that? Uh, I will take the tote bag and I will show it off proudly through Actful. Oh, awesome. thank you. We might throw a couple of coasters in there too, just for fun. So, okay, stay in the All line right. and give Emma your information. She's going to write it down, and those will go off in the mail to you at some point. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, AJ. Have a great day. Thanks for calling, AJ. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Have a good one. Oh, you too. Bye-bye. That was fun. I'm glad for him. Good for him. He's a smart boy, that AJ, even though he lives in 81 degree weather. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not jealous of the weather. I'm not. Never. <laughs> Never. I don't get jealous of things like that. I don't get jealous of anything. Why? Because I'm a diva. 
<laughs> and an international superstar. People are jealous of me, right, Walter? No comment. <laughs> I'm just <clears throat> kidding. My God, people have to think I have an ego the size of Texas, but I really don't. I'm actually a very humble person. I just do this. This is my radio persona. Mm-hmm. Oh, shut up, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> now, did we lose Steve? Did we, ha- did we lose Steve? Okay, oh. we had a phone drop. We had Steve was going to take the... Uh, the Diva Quiz. So we're going to see. We're going we're gonna to stretch our time here for a minute and see if we can't get Steve back on the line because we have a few minutes before we have to start wrapping up. Well, I'm going to read something that we got in email because I think it's kind of humorous. Okay, read it. So this is from uh, Lewis. Lewis. Lewis is... Lewis, Lewis, Bobuis, Banana, Fana, Fofuis. Okay, Either a, a new listener or he's just listening to our one of our first broadcasts. Oh, do we have some? Hello. Oh, I guess we have... Is this Steve? Yeah, this is Steve. Hey, Steve. Glad you, glad we got you back on the line. You're calling from... All right. You're calling from I'm Colombia? I'm calling from Colombia. Yeah, I'm Co- living here in, in Manizales. In Manizales. Wow, good for you. Well, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for calling in all the way from, from Colombia. Yeah, but you know what? I'm from the Bay Area, so... Hey, uh, you're my you peeps. Know, you're my peeps. That's right. What part of the Bay Area? I'm from Santa Rosa. Oh, wow. Good part of Santa Rosa. Okay. All right. Okay, let's see. Are you going to call it? You want to take the Diva quiz, huh, Steve? Yeah, I feel like Bette Midler was part of my youth, so. Oh. Nice. You are my peeps. I'm <laughs> loving you, Steve. Let me know when you want to get married. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Number one. Ready? Here we go. Which of the following I'm is ready. true about Bette Midler? Which of the following is true about Bette Midler? A, she has never been nominated for an Oscar. B, she has been nominated once for an Oscar. C, she has been nominated twice for an Oscar. D, she likes Oscar Mayer. Oh, uh, it's, it's going to be definitely either nominated once or twice. I'm going to look into the, the Mixler sphere here, see what, uh, what kind of help I'm going to get, though. Tell them to hurry up. I'm not getting any younger here. We've got a show. We only an hour show here. <laughs> you know, you got, you got two gonna, minutes. Uh, since she is definitely... Uh-oh. Oh, no. Steve, did we lose you? Oh, get him back. Get him back, Emma. Get him back. Get him back. (laughs) It's the drug cartel. It's the drug cartel cutting him off. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't even know where that town is. Is that town is? Where's that town? I don't know. It's not a coastal town, I don't think. Um, Steve, there you are, Steve. We lost you. Steve, we lost you for a second. So what was your answer? Okay, my answer is a guess since I'm not getting much help, but I'm going to say nominated twice. See, ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, yes. All right. She right. was nominated for the Rose and she was nominated for the, for the Boys. There you go. Okay. Okay, two. What Grammys has Bette Midler won? A, Best New Artist. B, Best Female Artist. C, Record of the Year. D, All of the Above. Ooh, man, this, you, you made them tough. It's easy. Um, it's easy. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to guess again, and I'm going to go with all. All of the above? Ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Ding, yes. ding, ding. Right. Best new artist, 1974. You are a good guesser. Best new artist, 1974. <laughs> Best female artist, 1981. And record of the year, 1994. The Wind Beneath My Wings. Okay. Oh, yeah. That Number three. Okay, so you got your coasters. Here we go. We're going for the big okay. uh, enchilada here. Okay, so Bette Midler is known by what nickname? A, the Divine Miss M, B, the Diva of Pop, C, the People's Entertainer, D, Queen of the Freaking Universe. I'm going to say A on this one. The Divine Miss M? 
Yeah. Ding, 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 nice. ding. All right, wow. Steve. Uh, Steve you did you have to this. guess on that one, Steve, or did you know that one? No, I, I knew that one. My mom was sort of a, a volume cranker when she heard uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. She would just grab that dial and just, you know, okay. crank the, the There you volume. go. <laughs> well, so you know, that also the Divine Mistem was the name of her first album when she got Best New Artist in 74. So there you go. Wow. All right, Steve. Well, you're, congratulations, you're a winner. Um, what would you like? A set of coasters? A tote bag? Ooh, I'd like the tote bag. Everybody likes nice the tote bag. To Good. We're going to have to order more show. of those on Galica. Okay. Well, we're going <laughs> to, you stay in the line and give Emma your information where we can send that to you. And we might throw a couple of coasters in there just for fun, too. Okay? Oh, sweet. Thanks a lot. Well, Steve, thanks for listening. Bye, Steve. Okay. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye. Right. Well, that was fun. We got two quizzes in. My God, we are cooking with gas here. Okay, um, I got a quick announcement for everybody just to remind them. Don't forget about our T-Swag contest um, where you put together an ad for us and uh, we're going to judge it. That's, this is our last week making that announcement. Go to twithbvp.com for all the information. Get those in because the due date is this next week. So make sure you, uh, make sure you do your promo for us. All right, what else do we have? Do I have anything else I have to do? No, I think. We talked about communication, right? It, it, we sure did. Do I need to wrap up that up? Do I need to say a pithy little final statement? I think you should. I think I should just remind everybody, the expression, interpretation, and negotiation of meaning in a given context. And your context is the classroom, which means the participants are you, the teacher, and your students. It never changes. So when you role play and say, I'm going to be the waiter, you're going to be the clients, that's not communication because that's not the classroom. If you say, I'm going to be the doctor, be the patient, I'm going to ask you how sick you are, that's not the context of the classroom. So the context means that you, the teacher, and the students are themselves talking about things that are about you all and your lives around you. So just keep that in mind. Okie dokies. I'm tired. I'm worn out. <laughs> the sea is pounding in my ears. That's a Bette Midler song. Of course it is. it is. Do you know every single Bette Midler song? I, I do. I got them all memorized. I'm like, I'm like a little miniature MP3 player in my head when it comes <laughs> to Bette Midler. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and all those robins looking for worms out there, our show is coming to an end. I've got to do my acknowledgments, Walter. I'm tired. I'll you do acknowledge I'm just you. No. Acknowledge you? Oh, no. All right. Okay. Well, remember, everybody, please uh, keep sending your colleagues, friends, and students to twithbvp.com to get them to sign up. We are increasing our numbers. We love to increase our numbers. Um, and we would like to thank our technical producer, who happens to be Dustin DeFelice today because he's manning those or personing the, that board today. Our media producer, Luca Giappone, is out there waving to me from the glass case, the other side of the window. Uh, our talented and trusted intern, Emma Dunn, who's just feeling those calls like nobody's business, like she's a catcher for the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Our assistant production manager, uh, Jeff Maloney, who's not here today, but he does do some things behind us. He's the one's putting all that stuff on the site for us, too, so we want to thank him. Uh, we want to thank the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, a.k.a. CELTA. I like that word, CELTA. Sounds like I'm wearing a kilt when I say it. The College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University, a wonderful college, our Dean Christopher Long. We're going to have him on the, on the air sometime. I like Christopher. We've got to get Chris Long in here. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, the College of Arts and Letters, 
any of our sponsors or any other official entity of Michigan State University. And I can't speak for Angelica and Walter. I don't know what they think about what I say, so I'm going to excuse them. We too. think you're out of your mind. But yeah, you know. basically. Yeah, awesome. mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, we always want to thank you listeners out there. You, Without you, there's no show. So remember, gang, next week, uh, we're going to do principle number three. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Aww. It's actually about second language acquisition, so we'll talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so enjoy some time catching up on things. Until then, have a great weekend. Um, enjoy the weather. And remember, happy second language acquisition to everybody. Bye-bye. Adios. Cheers. <laughs>